Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 18. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, recording here on a Thursday afternoon. I'm going to preview all the games of Round 18, which Origin Stars will back up. You'll find that out shortly, but I'm sure everybody knows that Queensland are the 2022 State of Origin champions with a decisive 22-12 victory over the New South Wales Blues it's been called one of the most physical state of origins of all time. And in the first few minutes of the game, we saw Cam Murray, Lindsay Collins, and Selwyn Cobbo all ruled out of the game via sickening hits. Cameron Murray, of course, probably being the workhorse of that New South Wales side. Huge loss for the Blues, but Queensland went down to 15 men after a couple of minutes. And it was a huge effort by them. They were more aggressive, more physical. And in front of their home crowd at Suncorp, they just showed that classic Queensland spirit that we've seen so many times in the history of State of Origin. And to be honest, they just wanted to win more than we did. Billy Slater and his coaching staff in Cam Smith and Jonathan Thurston really ignited his side. And despite being heavy underdogs, they really dominated proceedings. And I think Patrick Carrigan, who obviously got into the game a little bit earlier than you know anyone would have thought because of the injury to Collins, I thought him and Big Tino for Silamalu really upset the big uh, New South Wales forward pack, and they could really, never really find their groove in the game. I thought Cleary and Luai really struggled, while because of Queensland's forward pack dominating the New South Wales Blues pack, we saw the likes of Cherry Evans and Ponga really be able to stamp their authority on the game, and we saw you know a workhorse performance by Ben Hunt, an electric 40-20 later in the game, and then the charge down on Nathan Cleary's last-minute chip-and-chase attempt to run away and score the match winner. It was a great moment to see for Ben Hunt, who obviously, when you look back to that 2015 Grand Final, in big moments, he has struggled throughout his career, but that was really, even if you're a New South Wales Blues fan like myself, was a, uh, a feel-good moment in the history of our sport, for sure, and it's going to be a state-of-origin moment that's remembered years after, um, you know, we're all gone, I think. So, what a great performance by Queensland. I was, as a New South Wales Blues fan, I was cautiously optimistic. But, you know, it always was going to be a hard job in front of Suncorp. And Queensland just proved that they really understand the game of State of Origin. And when they put that jersey on, that is rise to another level. And I don't think the Blues this season has been able to match it. And I actually posted a, uh, for my friends, that my friends on Facebook, I posted a, a status on my Facebook account saying that I feel like it might be time to for Brad Fittler to move on. I mean, he's coached five series now for the Blues. He's won three and lost two. Pretty good record. But I think that, you know, with some questionable decisions this year and an interesting bench rotation, I feel like it might be good for the Blues to get a little bit of change in there. And most likely, Fittler will continue coaching the Blues in 2023. But I feel like something needs to change within the organization because... You know, as I mentioned, interesting selection choices that didn't really pay off for him. I feel like the Blues just lacked a little bit of that passion. And don't get me wrong, Brad Fittler's an absolute legend of the game, one of the best Blues players of all time. And he's been really good as the coach of the New South Wales team. But I feel like a fresh, new, bold approach for this New South Wales side might pay dividends, especially with how Queensland, as I mentioned, they just rose to another level, especially with the fight when you look at the Matt Burden, Dan Gagai incident. Queensland really took that incident and really rose for the rest of the game and you can see the momentum shift directly in their favor when you know it was four one on the blues and the blues were running in to come um and you know try to break up the scuffle but after that incident we didn't see any blues players really rise up and take the game by the scruff of the neck get physical get down and dirty like the maroons did and and that's what i think ultimately won 
you know, Queensland the game. New South Wales had a lot of players to choose from in the state of origin, but they also chose players like Stephen Crichton over the likes of Jack Wyden. Dale Finucane was nowhere near the side. Josh Adokar was a notable exclusion in the squad. Latrell Mitchell wasn't, you know, really considered from what I hear, despite him pulling out of origin last week. So I don't know, I just feel like Brad Fittler, as I mentioned, he's done a great job for the Blues. I feel like he wants to coach NRL in the future, and I feel like the Blues could benefit from a, a coaching switch. But we'll see how we go leading into Origin next year. Obviously, that's a long way away, but congratulations to the Queensland Maroons side for playing such a really physical game of footy, which is what Origin's all about. And it was one of the best Origin games that I've seen in years. And the Blues weren't far off, but at the end of the day, in State of Origin football, and especially in, in State of Origin deciders, it's either a win or a loss, and this series will go down as a failure for the New South Wales Blues, and, you know, it's going to be up for them to rebound next year, and maybe some positional changes are needed, because, as I mentioned, I feel that Queensland's forward just overpowered the Blues, and Cleary and Luai really couldn't play their natural game. There were some poor defensive efforts from the loss of Crichton and Luai again. Um, I feel like Appy Corson and Damien Cook, their partnership this year, game didn't work as well as it did in game one and the likes of Junior Paulo and Tosifa Talakai in particular really struggled to keep up with the pace of State of Origin but huge congratulations to Queensland you know it's always going to be a highly talked about game especially when it's a decider up in Suncorp and Queensland did all their fans up there in Queensland and all around the world pre last night if they uh even though it was a 10 point victory in my opinion it was a very decisive victory by the Queensland Maroons and it's just typical of the Queensland spirit we've seen since 1980 when State of Origin debuted. So huge congratulations to Queensland. Obviously, I'm disappointed as a New South Wales Blues fan, but that's State of Origin done for 2022. And Pat Carrigan, a well-deserved man of the series, and Ben Hunt, as I mentioned, probably, you know, was the game-changer with that 40-20, and that, then that try to seal the victory at the end of the game. He's the Dallium medalist favourite at the moment because he's you know, in the lead when the voting went private a few weeks ago. And I feel like if the Dragons can win some more games, then Ben Hunt could cap off this magnificent victory for Queensland with maybe a Dalian medal to end his season at the end of the year. So congratulations to Queensland again. State of Origin's done, and uh, New South Wales has to be better in 2023. There's no doubt about it. All right, so that is my State of Origin recap. Let's now get into the big... Games for round 18, the NRL is no longer disrupted by State of Origin. The only question that remains is what Origin stars will back up this week. Obviously, the likes of Lindsay Collins, Collins, Selwyn Cobbo, and Cam Murray have all but effectively been ruled out of their club games this week due to their heavy HIAs that each of them suffered. But there's also stars like Harry Grant, Tom Dearden, and a couple of blues like James Tedesco that are in doubt for the weekend's action. And we're going to preview all the round 18 action and the SMIG games, as I mentioned. Teams really want to start hitting form at this time of the year to either cement a final spot, improve their position in the finals, or stay away from that dreaded wooden spoon. But before we get to my round 18 predictions, please remember to like Steve's NRL footy tips wherever you guys listen to my your favorite podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and more. Please like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. It is the best way to stay notified for the latest updates on the show. And before the end of the season, there'll be some significant changes. I've been adding some clips from the show out on that Facebook page. So if you want a preview of the episodes, check it out there. And there might even be a YouTube page 
where the podcast will drop debuting and some exclusive content might be released on that page uh, as we gear towards finals football. So check all that out on Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. And it is now time to get to the weekend's action. And it all kicks off tomorrow night for a huge opener for round 18. Usually the NRL schedules the 6pm Friday games for matches that might not draw the biggest audience of the weekend. But in my opinion, the first game of the round... That takes place from Queensland Country Bank Stadium at 6pm on Friday night. Might be the game of the weekend and potentially one of the games of the season. And the Cowboys will face the Cronulla Sharks. And, you know, the Sharks are starting to hit a good run of form. They're in the top four now. And, you know, they've overtaken the likes of the Brisbane Broncos and the Parramatta to get that top four spot. They face their biggest challenger in quite a period of time. Obviously, they are coming off a great win over the Melbourne Storm last week, but that was without a contingency of Melbourne Storm players. So a big test this weekend, and Queensland Country Bank Stadium has become a bit of a graveyard for the North Queensland Cowboys. Both of these sides have some origin-affected players that may or may not back up. Sasifa Talakai for Cronulla has been named in the reserves to start the weekend. He only played 23 minutes in game three of State of Origin, and I guess you could say it probably wasn't his best night out in the park last night. So I expect him to back up. He'll probably come in and take his rifle space, uh, place in the centres. Connor Tracy most likely will drop back to the bench or maybe even find himself in the reserves, depending if Cronulla want to go big four big forwards like they currently do on their interchange bench or perhaps put a utility there. They're versing a North Queensland Cowboys side that, as I mentioned, they've got some origin-affected players as well. The Hammer... Reese Robson and Chad Townsend were all in the extended squads for State of Origin, so they're all going to be a part of the lineup this week. Tom Dearden and Tom Gilbert had huge games for Queensland last night, both of them, and Tom Gilbert probably played more minutes than expected due to the HIA situation that Queensland had throughout the game. So unlikely that either of those two will back up. Ben Hampton could shift into the halves to cover Dearden, and someone um, you know, in the extended squad could come on the bench there for Tom Gilbert. Actually, he was named in the 11 jersey, so we could see uh, Luciano Leilua start, and then maybe the like of, uh, likes of Bradley or Condon come on the bench to replace, um, to replace Gilbert. So it's going to be an interesting game regardless up there on Friday night. The Cowboys, you know, are well and truly in second spot at the moment. They're playing a, a great brand of football. Melbourne have kind of slipped on the ladder a little bit, and the Cowboys have taken full advantage. They're still three wins away from Penrith, who are resting their contingency of origin players. We'll get to that later. But what the Cowboys have continued to be able to do is play a very consistent brand of football, really surprise everybody with how well they've gone this year. And, you know, while they conceded 26 points to the uh, the Broncos a fortnight ago, I feel like they weren't ever really in too much trouble in that game. A couple of late tries the Broncos made the score closer than it appeared to be. Before that, they you know escaped against Manly. I don't think they're playing fantastic football at the moment, but what they're doing is, as I mentioned, playing that consistent brand. Their young guys just keep growing in confidence every week due to those experienced veterans they've got in their squad, the likes of you know Holmes and, and Tamalolo and Townsend. They just offer immense um, confidence for those players playing outside them. And Scott Drinkwater's still playing some really good football at fullback. He's been a revelation for them this year. This week, in my opinion, though, they could be in some trouble because without Dearden backing up and Hampton and Townsend, I don't know how confident I am in that pass combination. Townsend's been outstanding this year, but they're a little bit unproven together. Gilbert being out and Nanai potentially as well not backing up. 
Um, there's some questions being raised. I mean, Nenai's not even in the top in the 25-man uh, squad, so he won't be playing. And, you know, if there's ever going to be a time where Cronulla um, can build some confidence and get a win over a big ski-up, it's this weekend because they're pretty much full strength apart from the Talakai situation, and it looks like he'll probably back up. So, you know, with all their troops back on board, the likes of McInnes and Finucan and how they've improved the forward pack this year, and especially as of recent weeks since Finucan's came back into the lineup, I feel like Cronulla are really priming for a big second half of the season. And if they can start building some confidence and heading into that last month of the competition and, and then into the first week of the finals, if they can cement that top four spot, they're going to be a huge threat um, and are capable of upsetting anyone in their day. Matt Moylan playing out of your skin at the moment. He's been a really good partner to Nico Hines. And then when Hines had COVID last week, he really stepped up and took control of the matchup. I thought that Trindle did a really good job sitting into in for Hines as well. And Kennedy's starting to get back to his best after you know that extended period that he found himself on the sidelines from a, a suspension. So, you know, it's good to see a club with such depth that Cronulla have. And I feel like the Cowboys might be a little bit vulnerable this week. And... I think it's going to be a very defense-orientated game. The Cowboys don't concede many soft tries, and they're going to make the uh, the Sharks earn it. And I think the Sharks are going to be well and truly up for it. So I've got Cronulla in a little bit of an upset this week. I'm going to go Cronulla by six points to upset the North Queensland Cowboys. But as I mentioned, in my opinion, it could be one of the games of the season up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville on a Friday night. The second game of Friday Night Football takes place at 7.55pm when the Parramatta Eels host the New Zealand Warriors from Combank Stadium at Parramatta. And I believe Parramatta have several um, games, the majority of their games, at home for the rest of the season in a big boost for their top four chances. They were good over the Tigers last week, got the job done. It was a back-and-forth game. They weren't at their best, but as I mentioned, they were good enough to win it. The Warriors found themselves at home two weeks and weekends ago for the first time in almost three years when they got a decisive victory over the West Tigers. But let's be honest, these two clubs at the moment on completely different ends of the Telstra Premiership ladder. And the Eels, they're just fighting for consistency. And this is obviously a danger game for them. These are games that they usually struggle to get up for. They usually have no problem getting up for the big teams against Penrith and, and Storm and the like. But sometimes when they're expected to win, the Eels come out with that mentality and aren't, you know aren't up for doing the hard work. So it's going to be a, a game where they cannot underestimate the Warriors. I think if the NRL had their way, they probably would have switched these two games around uh, if they could reschedule the broadcasting. I think Cronulla and the Cowboys would probably be the 8 o'clock game, and this would be the 6 p.m. game. But, you know, for the Warriors, they're just trying to salvage something for the rest of the year. And, you know, it's great to be back at their home stadium and great to give their fans something to celebrate two weekends ago. But really, it was a victory over a very poor West Tigers side. And before I'm tipping the Warriors to win any game of football, apart from, you know, against the likes of the Tigers or the Titans, I want to see a much more consistent brand of football. And Sean Johnson and Harris Tavita, they haven't really been able to control games that well this year. I see Volkman's out of the lineup this weekend after getting, I believe it was injured two weekends ago. But, you know, with Harris Tavita leaving at the end of the year and Sean Johnson definitely in the twilight stage of his career and not playing the best football himself, Reese Walsh, who's fullback again, is also departing at the end of the season. I just don't see what the Warriors are building to for the rest of the year. And unfortunately for me, that almost means like the, that the rest of the year is you know, basically a write-off. And, 
you know, they can get some good performances where they can and they can try to build anything to next year. But whoever becomes the coach, and I believe Andrew Webster did actually get confirmed that this week, if he's going to be the long-term coach of this club, he's just going to be watching the rest of the year going, how do I get the best out of the roster that's available to me? And who, you know, fills those key positions of 1, 6, 7, and 9? I mean, they've got Wade Egan, who's good, been good this year, but at the moment they've got no fullback. They've got long, no long-term 5-8, and the way that Johnson's playing, they probably don't have any long-term halfback option. So, you know, I feel like the Warriors can score points when they want to. Their defense hasn't been great this season, apart from the, the game against the Tigers. And while the Eels have this knack of underestimating their opponents, um, that, you know, in games that they're expected to win, we're really building to the back end of the season now. And if Parramatta wanted to be treated like a serious threat in this competition race and, you know, be a team that can win the premiership, then they've really got to start playing a much more consistent brand of football and start hitting their form as we get closer to the finals. Because at the moment, I feel like even in that game against the Tigers last weekend, they were in second year and it wasn't really any excuses there either because I believe Junior Paulo is the only one not playing that game. So I want to see a lot more from Para. Um, and the Warriors, as I mentioned, they're just a team that is already looking forward to 2023 and potentially beyond in order to fix the mess of the club at the moment. So I've got the Eels by 22 points. And if the Eels are genuine and, you know, want to make a statement here, they could go even bigger. But who knows with Parramatta, they've got to be um, a lot better before teams, uh, between before fans and, and pundits start having faith in them again long-term to potentially win a premiership. And for all you fans of the show, you know what time of the week it is. It's my favourite time of the week, and it's Super Saturday. The action kicks off at 3pm this weekend when the Sydney Roosters take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons from the Central Coast up there in Gosford. And both of these teams are really fighting, in particular the Roosters, but both of these teams are fighting for their seasons at the moment. They find themselves on the outside of the top eight in ninth and 10th position, and really, it's starting to get to that territory where it's do or die and to really stay in touch with this top eight, they're going to have to win the majority of their games and you know, the Dragons really had a big chance last weekend to cement their spot for now in the finals um, if they could get the job done against a Broncos team that was missing an abundance of players only over 10 players missing for the Broncos, meanwhile the Dragons basically only had Ben Hunt missing who obviously has been their best player this year and he's leading the Dally M and you know, he just had a man of the match performance for Queensland last night, but it was a game they probably should have won if they were serious about making finals this year. And during that game, we had the drama of Tariq Sims getting Simbin twice and probably should have been sent off in that game. And I feel like what I feared on the podcast last week, the likes of Amone and, and Sullivan, they weren't consistent enough to control the game. And, you know, the experience of Adam Reynolds really led the Broncos to that victory. And I thought their forward pack was really good, aimed up well against the Dragons forward pack. And, I think that Anthony Griffin and the whole club at the Dragons will be lamenting that game as a missed opportunity, one where they could have made a statement and said, we're good enough to play finals this year and we're going to be competitive to now being on the uh, on the cusp of elimination with some tough games coming up for them. And this game's no no different. I mean, the Roosters are desperate. They've won, uh, they've won very little games recently. They're on a big losing streak themselves. And um, they had the bye last weekend. Tedesco... Um, is going to be backing up as well this weekend. Um, as far as I'm aware, after last week's performance, he almost has to. And the Roosters have also adopted 
the strategy to uh, have Joseph Manu partner with Sam Walker in the halves until Luke Keery's fit. So a few changes there for the Roosters. Matt Lodge most likely will come on the bench because of the injury suffered to Lindsay Collins this weekend. Um, so we'll see what they're capable of. Are they capable of getting over the Dragons and making a late run for the competition, uh, for the finals race? And, you know, anyone that has followed rugby league over the last 20 years ago, no to never count out the Sydney Roosters, and they've got plenty of talent on deck. They were my premiership prediction for 2022, and I still think they're very much capable of playing finals football this season. But, as I mentioned in both the former games this weekend, now's the time to start building your form and really making a run in the last two months of the competition. And if you're going to play finals football, you want to be playing close to your best football by the end of round 25. And it hasn't been an easy season for the Roosters, all these injury concerns. But, you know, um, if they're serious about making the finals, they should be beating the Dragons. And if the Dragons are serious, they should be making it as hard as the Roosters as possible. So this is shaping up to be a do-or-die game for both of these teams. And, you know, looking at the talent, assembled on the park you've got to give the edge to the Sydney Roosters I know the Dragons beat them on Anzac Day but obviously that's a very emotional day and I think we saw a Dragons team without Ben Hunt last week that had no direction didn't know what was happening and while they'll be boosted by him backing up from State of Origin and really riding that wave of energy after that decisive win over New South Wales last night I feel like if the Roosters didn't get it together here on Saturday afternoon and it's a sunny day up there in Gosford, I feel like the Roosters can pile some points on. And to be honest, I just feel like the Dragons are almost at an edge knife where if things start to go wrong for them, they might collapse and um, their season could evaporate very quickly with a few losses. So I'm going to give the edge in this game to the, the Roosters. I've got the Roosters by 10 points, but really this shapes up to be a very crucial week for the year of both sides. And based on what we saw last week, in particular the St. George Illawarra Dragons, and the 5.30 game in Super Sunday takes place at Four Pines Stadium when the Manly Seagulls host the Newcastle Knights up there in Brookvale. And the game that I just previewed was the Roosters versus the Dragons. And I just spoke of the ramifications that that game's going to have in relation to the battle for the top eight. Well, Manly were, you know, fortunate last week that the Dragons lost and they had the bye, got the two points. And now they find themselves in eighth spot. And they've got a very winnable game against the Newcastle Knights this weekend. Ponga has been named to back up. So was Cherry Evans. The reports are that both players will be playing this weekend. And, you know, they're going to provide big boosts for both those clubs, considering they're coming off a State of Origin series win. But just like the Eels-Warriors, this game kind of finds two teams on different ends of, you know, their season. Newcastle, the season's basically all but gone. They um, had a real chance to upset South Sydney without all the South Sydney stars last weekend. But... And they found themselves in the lead at one point, but they just couldn't, you know, get up for the 80 minutes. When things started to go wrong in that game and CF started to score some tries, you just saw Newcastle's head go down in the second half. And I think that they gave up, you know, as the game went on and, and became less confident in their own abilities. And let's be honest, the Newcastle this year is definitely a work in progress. Milford hasn't been there long, so he hasn't really been able to, you know... Um, make that combination what it should be with Adam Clune or Jay Clifford, whoever's playing halves. Ponga hasn't had the best season, but I feel like, you know, after that amazing performance last night, man of the match performance stuff, he made 300 metres there for the Maroons and was outstanding all game, scored a try, a very important try, set up a try. He was everywhere and he was the, the most damaging 
um, run of the football on the park last night for Queensland. So he's going to come in with a renewed confidence, but they've had a lot of injury concerns. Their forwards probably haven't fired up like they should. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how they go. Um, against the Manly side that have everything to play for. They find themselves in the top eight now. They they need to, just like the Dragons and the Roosters, start playing their most consistent brand of football. And I feel like when you look at this Manly side, and I kind of wrote them off, and I originally had them in eight for this at the start of the season because I thought this situation with Tom Turbo might not get, you know, he might not be available all season, might get better before it gets worse. But you look at this Manly side, and it's still a side with a lot of talent. I mean, I like the... Ruben Garrick's been phenomenal at fullback since Tommy Turbo got hurt. Foran and Cherry Evans combination is, you know, like a fine wine, just gets better of age. And their forward pack has a fair bit of talent um, on the field. I mean, Kepi and Sipley have both had pretty good seasons. Olaquatu's just a damaging run of the football and, you know, one of the most energetic forwards that we have in this competition. And you look at the bench there um, for Manly, and I feel like at full strength and when all of them are in form, it's it's a bench that, you know, is should be feared. And it's got the likes of, you know, um, Tapiao and, and Walker so and, and Josh Schuster, who is an enigma in his own right. So I feel like Manly just have more talent across the park than Newcastle. And, you know, Newcastle have got a good forward pack. They can really upset teams on their day. But let's be honest, they're not playing for much at this point in the season. They're also looking to 2023 and mainly have everything to play for. And I feel like Cherry Evans um, and his control of the game will really help Manly, especially if their forwards can get over the top of Newcastle early. Well, I just don't think that Newcastle have that game management at the moment and their combination... Um, with Milford and Clune is inexperienced. Clifford, if you put him in, still inexperienced. Meanwhile, Foran and Cherry Evans have been playing together forever. And I feel like um, Newcastle's defense, they let in 40 points against Seas last week. I just don't think it's up, for, up to scratch for 80 minutes this season. And I think Manly can really pile some points on here and get the win and you know go that step further to spending their spot in the top eight. So I'm going to go the um, I'm going to go the Manly Seagulls by 16 at 5:30 on Saturday afternoon. And the final game of Super Saturday this weekend takes place at Seabus Super Stadium when the Gold Coast Titans host the Brisbane Broncos. And what an effort by the Broncos last weekend. We had all their origin stars and, you know, a lot of injuries as well. They were outstanding in a big win over the Dragons, which finds themselves on the cusp of getting their top four spot back against the Cronulla Sharks and with the Eels, you know, in different form this year. And Adam Reynolds back on deck and looking fit and looking like he's really enjoying this fo- his football. They can make a real run in these last two months of this competition. And come finals, I think anything's possible for the Broncos, the way they're playing. I mean, even them just making the finals this year would be a massive su- success for the club. And I feel like they've basically cemented that. Ezra Mam and Reynolds combination gets better every, every week. And... They've really got this next man up mentality at the moment. To the, you know, you can put the likes of uh, Pacella, James, Hosking, Ricky. These guys back in the lineup that might not particularly be their first choice in those positions, and they're going to come out and get the job done. And because of that, you've seen the Broncos not name their Origin stars in the starting seventeen. Guys like Corey Oates and Pat Garrigan um, haven't been named in the lineup. They might be late inclusions. Um, on Saturday night, but the Broncos are just playing a brand of football that it doesn't matter too much. I mean, obviously the stars make a difference, but the next man up mentality has 
got them playing a good brand of football, even without some of their superstars. Tessian U's been really good since he's came back in the squad, and I'm really positive about how the Broncos have gone this year. I think that they're a team that's going to be hard to beat come finals, and this weekend they're versing a Gold Coast Titans team that are just a mess. They're a disaster. I don't know how Justin Holbrook's still got a job. I don't know how a lot of these guys keep getting picked in the 17, and Holbrook this week's made a change. He's dropped Jared Wallace. Um, unless he's suspended, I'm not sure. But Tane Boyd's come in to replace Paul Turner in 5-8. They've changed that halves combination up a little bit. But, I mean, who knows if Big Tino will back up in this game as well. Fafita's back in the starting lineup. But, honestly, um, what is there to say at Gold Coast this year? They're just not competitive, um, really, at any point in a lot of games. They... Their roster's just all over the place, and they're just down on confidence at the moment. And I feel like significant changes need to be made at this club if they're going to improve. And if not, I feel like they're just going to struggle for the rest of the year. They've got rid of, uh, I believe it was Dean Pay has got the hook there um, at the club, uh, their assistant coach. And Holbrook, I just feel like we're counting the days until he's no longer the head coach. As for their future direction, who knows? But... Um, unless the club can start playing some really good football, I feel like a lot of these guys are going to be are going to be moved on at the end of the year. A lot of these this roster, and I feel like it's almost at the point where you've just got to blow the place up and start again with the Gold Coast Titans. So, I mean, how can you tip them with any confidence? They've got some talent, guys like Brimson, Firma, Sexton's uh, had a mixed season, but I feel like he's still developing and he is getting better, improving as a footballer. But I mean, what do you even? How can you ever tip the Titans, especially in a game against the Broncos, even without a contingent of their stars? You just feel like Brisbane will be too good on, on Saturday night, and I think Brisbane probably win this game pretty easily. But the Broncos by 20, and that's despite the fact that Gold Coast usually step up as a bit of a little brother versus big brother mentality in these games against the Broncos. I just expect the Broncos to be way too good on Saturday night. Because there's no Thursday night game this weekend, we've also got a Super Sunday this round with free games on Sunday afternoon. So sit back, enjoy your football. Not the best game to start at Middle but who knows, it could be competitive. From 2pm, the West Tigers face the Penrith Panthers from Combank Stadium up there in Parramatta. And I mean, the Panthers are in a position where they're six points clear on top of the Telstra Premiership ladder. So they've opted to this week not name any of their origin players. That's Abby Corsier, Brian Toe, Isaiah Yo, Liam Martin, Jerome Lewis, Nathan Cleary, and Stephen Croydon, all who will not be backing up from state of origin duties. And obviously all seven of them were a part of New South Wales series defeat last night. So they're going to take a week off and really refocus and probably, you know, get that loss out of their system and really concentrate on giving their best to Penrith for the end of the year as they look to try to win a back-to-back premiership at the end of the season. But in the meantime, if you look at their team on paper, it's still pretty impressive. They've brought the likes of Robert Jennings, Charlie Staines back in the mix, Kurt Four and Sean O'Sullivan, who's recently signed with the Redcliffe Dolphins. They're the halves this week. Um, the likes of Chris Smith, Matt Eisenhuff, Mitch Kenny, they find themselves in the starting team for the Panthers. And uh, the likes of uh, Salmon, Lenu and Scott Sorensen and Sonny Luke will be lining up on the bench. So they're giving some young guys an opportunity like they have at several points during the last few years when these origin-affected games come up. And, you know, I don't want to say they're underestimating the West Tigers, but let's be honest, the Tigers at the moment are in shambles. They find themselves last by four and against, at least, on the Telstra Premiership ladder, and they couldn't even fire a shot against the, the Warriors last week. I think they, what, scored two points, no tries. They couldn't crack them for 80 minutes and... Um, 
caretaker coach Brett Gamorley, uh in the meantime has shifted Luke Brooks back to halfback. Dewey's come back into 5'8 after basically demanding to play there and not to pick him in first grade if the reports are to be believed. And Jackson Hastings, who's probably been one of their players of the season, finds himself in lock position this week. They've kept some young guys in, like Fanua Brian, um, the young kid that debuted last week, uh, two weekends ago, to a, or last week, sorry, to not a great debut in Matamua. Um, and uh, Francis Pohl plays third game on the bench for the Tigers. And, you know, I just realised the Warriors wasn't their last game. They also played Para last weekend. But despite being in the contest and probably better than they were in that Warriors game, they were never really in a position to win that game either. So, I mean, it's just going to be a long rest of the season for Tigers fans. Tim Sheens is in talk to take over the head coach in relation to this game. Despite the fact that Penrith have so many stars on the sideline, and this is really a game that the Tigers players could really get up to in front of their home crowd and say, we're going to be, you know, giving out all this weekend and trying to get a win for those faithful and diehard fans that have had to suffer so long for the last 10 years. Let's be honest, are the Tigers capable of that? Probably not, because if anything we've seen this year um, is indicative of their performance on the weekend, it's probably not going to be a good one, because despite the fact that Penrith have so many stars out, you know... Penrith just got a next man mentality just like um, the Broncos do and I'm sure their young guys will be inspired to have a good performance. They've got some veterans still on board, the likes of Fisher Harris, Dylan Edwards and Viliame Kikia and I just feel like they're going to be way too much for the Tigers who are down on luck at the moment, they're down on confidence and it sure looks like it's going to be a long road to getting back to being a competitive football club over the next few years. So I've got the Panthers in this game by 22 and to be honest it's probably being generous to the West Tigers. The second game of Sunday afternoon football, the traditional 4.05 game, sees the Melbourne Storm take on the Canberra Raiders from Amy Park down there in Melbourne. Obviously, the last few weeks haven't gone to plan for the Melbourne Storm. Losses to the Manly Seagulls, and then last week, the Granada Sharks, where they were thoroughly outplayed in both games, has really, uh, you know, summed up a tough period for the club that they've had during the middle part of this season. And they've had a bunch of injuries the Melbourne Storm, they've had personal issues. It's just kind of been all over the place for them. But the good news for them is they've amassed enough wins where some of these losses, you know, obviously not a great thing, and especially not to have any kind of form at this point in the season. Not a great thing for Craig Bellamy. There's plenty of time left in the season to get it right before final start. They've got two months to really, you know, get back to their playing their best brand of football. And They've amassed enough wins up early in the season that it doesn't really affect their spot on the Telstra Premiership ladder too much. They're still going to be a top four team. And um, This week, they've got a host of stars back. Felice Cafusi is back in the lineup. Cameron Munster, after missing the defining Queensland series victory last night due to COVID, he'll find himself back in the lineup. Harry Grant's going to back up potentially from State of Origin. There's some reports that he may be rested due to a cork, but likely that he'll play. Obviously, Brandon Smith um, is the omission after he's found mouthful against the referee in that game against uh, the Sharks last weekend. But overall, when you look at this team on paper, it's much stronger this weekend, and I feel sure they're going to be back to their best against the Canberra Raiders side that simply has to win this week if they're going to stay in touch with the top eight. I think the the loss that they suffered to the Dragons two weekends ago might have sealed the end of their finals hopes. And Ricky Stewart wasn't happy after that game, especially without finished in the controversial circumstances. But 
despite that, they've got to find a way to get up this weekend if they're going to make finals in 2022. It's not going to be easy, um, but you know, having the likes of Jack Wyden raring to go after he missed Origin selection, and uh, you know, they're him and Fogarty, the preferred half combination there at Canberra, their forward pack, the like of uh, the likes of. Tarpanay and, and Papali, he is, he's been playing really good lately. Tarpanay's been the best player all year. They've got a bit of spark with the young hooker in Zach Wolford. I feel like they can make this game tough for, for Melbourne, and these two have a history over the last 10 years, these two clubs, of having some classic encounters. I'm going to lean the way of Melbourne just because, as I mentioned, Craig Bellamy's clubs, how often they lose three in a row? Probably never, but... All their host of stars that they get back this week, I feel like they'll be too good for the Raiders. The Raiders will go down swinging, but I feel like their forward packs are really going to have to aim up, um, but then their backs are going to have to do the job, and to be honest, I don't know. And despite the fact that they've conceded a lot of points over the last month, I don't know where the Raiders crack this Melbourne side, but their full strength. And having a Muncher and Hughes together is just a huge boost, and if Grant plays and... Papahousen's getting better since he's returned from injury every week. They've got their full spine together for, you know, the first time in how long. So I feel like they're going to be a a much improved outfit this weekend. And I feel like there's still a huge chance to win this premiership, despite the fact that Penrith are just, you know, seems like their leagues above everybody else at the moment. The Storm are going to be a threat. And if they can, you know get the win this weekend and build on it and start really building some form, then the rest of the competition better be on notice because Melbourne aren't done yet, that's for sure. So you've got to go the Storm. I'm going to go on by 14. I think they're going to have too much for the uh, poor Canberra Raiders. And the final game of the round takes place at 6.15 from Accor Stadium on Sunday night when the Canterbury Bulldogs face the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And the Rabbitohs are the talk of the town at the moment with Latrell Mitchell being back. They're two from two. Obviously, they had a host of stars out last weekend, but Latrell and Cody really um, rallied the Rabbitohs and their young forwards, like the likes of Jed Cartwright and Savili Havili and Davy Mawal. All these guys really stood up and led the Rabbitohs to a big victory over the Newcastle Knights. They're versing a Bulldog side this weekend that, you know, they've been up and down. In terms of form over the last few weeks, they had a couple of good wins, but um, I believe two weekends ago they versed Cronulla and it wasn't a great performance. And, you know, they're going to be competitive and they're going to use their usual brutes in every game they play the Bulldogs, but a lot of times they just find themselves outclassed. Matt Burden will be interesting to see how if he backs up after, you know, his face got punched in a little bit uh, in the state of origin disorder. And, yeah, with the Bulldogs, there's not much to say because you know what you're going to get each week. They're going to be in the fight early. It's just whether they can stay with teams and and how good their opposition is that will really dictate how competitive they are in a week-by-week basis. And, you know, they can fire up, especially in this game, because these two teams have a history of close encounters in the past. But the Rabbitohs really look like they're building to something at the moment. And... You know, that that big win the last couple of weekends to really cement their spot in the top eight. This is probably the Rabbitohs' last, I guess, easier game, you could say, before they go up with one of the toughest runs, if not the toughest run, to end the regular season. They pretty much versed the whole contingency of the top eight. They're versing, what, the Storm, the Panthers, the Roosters again, Cronulla, the Eels again. So a huge test is in the South Sydney 
future um, for the rest of the regular season. And really, at this point, they're just going to build building their confidence this week, getting their team right to go. And I think that they're probably going to have too much firepower for the Bulldogs, despite the fact that Cameron Murray, after that sickening head knock, even though he's in the 13 jersey at the moment, probably won't back up. Seahouse should have a bit too much firepower for the Bulldogs. I've got Seahouse by 14, and you know, really, if they're serious about making the finals this year, this is a game they simply must win, especially when you consider that run that I mentioned, they're either really going to be finals ready and, you know, it's going to toughen them up, that big run, or it's going to have the opposite effect and they could really just lose confidence and, and lose touch with the top eight. They lose all those games. So really, this game is, is shaping up as a must win for the Rabbitohs and they simply have more to play for than the Bulldogs at the moment at this point of the season. So I've got CF Sydney by 14 against the Bulldogs on Sunday night. Alright guys, so those are my footy tips for round 18. Just a recap, I've gone the Sharks upsetting the Cowboys to open the round in what's shaping up to be one of the games of the season. The other Friday night game, I've got the Eels being too strong for the Warriors. Super Saturday, I've got the Roosters bouncing back against the Dragons, mainly helping cement their spot in the top eight with a big win over the Newcastle Knights and the Broncos being too strong for the Gold Coast Titans. Sunday football, I've got the Panthers beating the Tigers, the Storm beating the Raiders, and CR Sydney being too good for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Those are my tips for round 18. If you want a bet of the week, I reckon just go Cronulla head-to-head at 2 bucks. They're a good bet. They're good value. I think they're going to be up in that game to their eyeballs. And the Cowboys have had a lot of their origin styles could struggle a little bit. So I like that one. If you like another bet, I think... Um, I'm saying game moldy for me in the Tigers Panthers game, especially when you look at the um, the Tigers defense this year. It hasn't been great, and I feel like the tie the Panthers can really expose them on those outside edges. So I'm going to put together right now on Sportsbet Taylor May in with his partner in the centres, which is Isaac Targo. Um, the young kids there for Panera, 340 for both of them to score. I think that's good value and a good bet for the round. All right, those are my tips for round 18. I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I'll see you guys next time on the show. As we build to finals, the NRL is getting more exciting, and I hope you guys stick with me for the rest of the year. Enjoy your footy, guys, this week, and I'll see you guys next week on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. <laughs>